amazing dialogue that went in all kinds of different directions. Because the eggs are there. That's exactly what it was. The grandmother and the granddaughter are all within the one body. They're destined to have the outcome that they have. They're not ordinary people. In the room with 52 Jokers Wild. So we've reached the end of one series and now we're into another. And in this one, we're starting to explore... Well, we had a pre-ramble where we were exploring all kinds of things that opened up our mind. We weren't even on any kind of narcotics or anything like that. We were just free-flowing in our conversation. Well, I think if someone else actually would have walked by, stopped for a second and listened, they would have been thrown back to the, the 70s in a big field somewhere with lots of mud and there would be some quite weird psychedelic colours probably involved and going... What planet are this But I think we were proving that you don't actually need to have the psychedelics to actually have that free flow of ideas because we were connecting things one from the other. I mean, I went off to have lunch just before we started recording this and we'd had this amazing dialogue that went in all kinds of different directions. And I started watching um, a show that was on story versus reality and it was starting to talk about determinism. It went through all the hero structure and all that kind of stuff. And most of what they, they were using a language very similar to what we'd been discussing earlier on. So hopefully we'll start to get into that language fairly soon. And that's the, well, there you go. We're immediately into the language because we're adopting the language of uh, the various books that were actually, were actually, we've actually synchronized up. I'm going to try and stop using the word actually. We've synchronized up a little bit. And I didn't even re- know what synchronicity actually meant. I said it again. But we'll try and ignore that. And what I found was the, the language is starting to synchronise because we're reading common books or similar books to each other and we're finding the language to, to, to converse about the subjects that we're interested in. And we don't even know, I mean, we don't even know we're interested in. We're finding the common subject because the conversation is allowed flow and meander. And then we arrive at these subjects that are actually related to each other or, or stem from each other. And then they go off in a little growth path of depth or, or and they're not too deep. And then ripples back to the surface and goes and then continues on in the river of the flow. But the flow is this language of the universe. And we still the mind, I was sitting out in the garden there having a cup of coffee while you were going off looking at this other program. I was saying, oh, here I am sitting in the garden and oh, get this worry stuff out of my mind, it's bills and things and just chuck it out. I'm sitting in the garden in the middle of summer, the hottest day in Ireland in this year and the birds are tweeting. And I'm sitting there and I close my eyes and the sun is beating down, the light, the light, the rays of the sun is beating down on my bald head. And I'm saying, actually, what popped into my hand very quickly was, don't stay here too long or you'll be nuking yourself. But then that quickly went out and I heard the birds tweeting. Then I heard my own thoughts. And I was, it, was, it was already remembering the conversation we started to have. And I, said, and I affirmed to myself, wasn't that a strange conversation to be having the second day of June or third day, or second day of June, 2020, second part or 21st century a 21st century conversation about the universe and universal flow of ideas into our minds to have a great conversation beyond work the drudgery i think i think that's because we've now found ourselves in what is effectively a great opportunity yes we've we're in we're in a form of lockdown we we can't go out because there's a virus a lot of people can't actually work but most of us don't really get the opportunity in this modern day to go out and have 
free-flowing conversations. And I remember as a kid, we used to have those all the time. On a Saturday morning, we'd settle down for breakfast and we would open up all kinds of ideas to the universe and see what came in and see where it went. Before we knew it, we were having to cook lunch because we'd gone on for about two or three hours. But we felt revitalized because we'd had those kind of conversations. There were all kinds of possibilities open to us. We could really explore anything we wanted to, and there were a great amount of possibilities. I like the word possibilities because it's, it, it resonates with the word uncertainties, as opposed to the probabilities where we're trying to build back in a certainty around the possibility. So we can go, how certain is that? Well, I think there's a not? kind of freedom or in that kind do. of sense of uncertainty. Because again, the program that I was watching was that we were looking at story structure and we we're looking at how most mythical myth or legends or hero stories are deterministic. They don't, it's almost as though they're destined to have the outcome that they have. They're not ordinary people. And yet, ordinary people look as though they're determined because their lives are laid out for them because they have to get up at a certain time, they have to get a meal, they have to get themselves ready, they have to go and do their job, they have to clock off at a certain time, they watch a certain amount of television, they don't want to do certain too much thinking, then they go to bed. But in reality, we all have an amazing life that we could live, and there is a sense of uncertainty, and we can only live within the moment because we don't know what's going to happen around the corner. Now, the deter- now you said the word determinism there, and what both came to... Like, I'm reading this, like a couple of similar books to yourself, and and there was an element of uh, uncertainty. I was walking down the hall there the other day after one of our previous conversations, and I was trying to verbalise something that I didn't actually really know anything about, and it was about, you know... The instance, it, instantaneous, so like information arriving instantaneously from between A and B at, at faster than the speed of light, because that's what instantaneous is. There was no distance between A and B, and it must have travelled faster than the speed of light for it to happen instantaneously. Now, I was trying to verbalise this. They didn't know what I was talking about, and then I went off, found a book my daughter had on quantum, quantum theory. I don't know what quantum theory is. Now, I know, I know a little bit more about it now after probably a two-day read about it. But what the very last page of the book, after going on a journey of 200 years with the famous sort of theoretical physicists and, and classical physicists down to quantum physicists, was this definition of quantum theory or, what it can, or parts of it and what it contained. And the very last couple of pages was was arriving at where determinism. Determinism, it has been, it, it no longer stands because he couldn't actually quantify and measure both the motion and position of an atomic particle without, like, you know, you might know where the, what the, what the, the, the position was, but you wouldn't know the momentum by the very act of measuring one and not the other. Or you might know the momentum and not the position, or position, not the momentum, depending which one, but you couldn't know both at the same time. And I go, this this theory of 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 um, that that actual theory then led to the fact that determinism could no longer stand because determinism meant you ha- if you could measure boat you could then forecast or say about on a time or space basis <clears throat> you know what where what would what would be happening you'd be certain so the uncertainty principle said you couldn't measure boat and for that reason you couldn't have determinism and for that reason classical physics plus quantum theory suddenly led back to philosophy 
and a sense of going, there is a God, not there's a God, there is an element of the unknown still out there, the unmeasurable. It, it does, because I think we, we in, in the last 150, 170 years now, effectively, we've become very, very empirical in trying to measure everything and anything we possibly can. And in quite, quite often, uh, if we think about things from a subjective perspective, uh, that's, that's considered to be not valid. And yet most of there we talk about a spiritual element to to our, our lives uh, we we notice things we we connect to things like for example we 're talking about synchronicity a short time ago. One of the things that 's happening is that because we 're using a common language and we 've been connected to the likes of the artist's way we 're actually not necessarily picking up the same words but we 're picking up certain words that links to others. As human beings, we like to see patterns, so we we find patterns. It's like, you know, you buy a brand new car, you've never seen it on the road, you think you've got this unique car, and as you drive down the road, you pass 10 others, and it's the first time you've ever noticed. But it's because your mind's now been unlocked to that possibility. Now, I'm trying to figure out, when you say the word patterns, what we, just, just before this yeah. call, uh, we suddenly, well, I realise, we're wearing the same shirt. <laughs> Now, I have about 50 shirts. Actually, I have every shirt I've ever bought uh, for every stature I've ever had. I have been fat man, tin man, tall man, dead man. You know, when I say dead man is I inherited some dead man's shirts. I, heard, I inherited some fat man's shirts because he became tin after doing a whole load of mindfulness and because suddenly he got an awful lot um, healthier. Now, but that meant if his fat man shirts suddenly fit this fat man, but I, the shirts were good quality shirts and I was not one to turn them away. I knew where they came from. I knew the money that bought them and I knew the person that wore them. I says, I'll have your shirts. I'm quite happy to take them. But I've got dead man shirts, fat man shirts, and I've got my own shirts. And I'm going, and here I am with all these shirts and uncertainty principle has kicked in. Now, it might be the probability factor in there, but you're in Northern Ireland. I'm in Southern Ireland. We're on the second day of June in the 21st century, and we're both wearing the bloody same shirt. You go, no, it's, it's, no, it's 50. I don't know how many you've got to pick from, and I don't know how many I to pick from. No, it's a sunny day. The probability changed. It was, you're going to pick the lighter colour, not the dark colour. You're going to pick the short sleeve, not the long sleeve. You're going to pick the cotton, not the nylon. So there were statistics at play there whereby we're going to, there was a good chance we could end up with the same shirt. All, all I did and was open up the door. There was a shirt, grabbed it, ironed it, and thought, I'll wear that today. And, and that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Now, I, and I'm going, but, but it was interesting to see that the synchronicity is you've got, you're, you're, you're falling into the pattern. Now, we're talking about the same subject. We're wearing the same clothes. You know, you know I don't know what's going to happen next, but, but there is a serendipity and a synchronicity kicking in. There's probabilities kicking in. The uncertainty factor is becoming more probable. You said that determined, there, there may not be determinism, but there is certainty around the beginning date you were born. Once you, you were born, you started the journey. In life, there's, two, there's a certainty of you know, debt and taxes. Okay, if you can get quite wealthy, you might be able to eliminate the taxes with a well, bit of Here's something, that, here's something because um, uh, my grandmother had four children, may have had a few, few more than that. I don't know, she may have lost a few. But she was actually basically told, it was determined by the doctors at that particular point in time, pre-1938, that she could not have any more kids. And then five years later, well, the term, if, if, she had my mum. Yes. Now, if you'd gone based on what was being told, there's, there's a whole generation, there's two, two, three generations now would not have been around had that been determined as it came out. So the uncertainty of all that 
is that now there's three more generations, four more generations that have actually come out of that, you know, of that person. Now, you were talking about something interesting. Well, again, you were playing a game of probability. Now, then the uncertainty had led to once those individuals were born, there was a probability of another yes. generation. You would have been certain had they removed her womb or there was no more eggs left that, that those combinations couldn't start to go on a journey of combination of permutations because the certainty principle kicked in because that cannot happen because there's no you, you can be damn certain under a certain well, you, you were talking about but, we were talking about genes and the likes of and you were saying that it's actually in the grandmother's eggs are determined because as a child is actually born an interesting yeah. little facebook trivia popped in the sense of you know for 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 the girls anyway that like a, a girl already is carrying every egg that she's going to have, you know, for her own... Uh, Cycle. You know, in her, in her own mother's womb. So technically speaking, when her mother was in her, in her mother's womb, then that, I mean, I don't, I don't really know the maths, then, then, then they're already... The grandmother is already carrying her granddaughter indirectly, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Because the eggs are there. That's exactly what it was. The grandmother and the granddaughter are all within the one body at a point in time, or the potential granddaughters, and that, that two generations, or is it three? I'm not too sure. But it, it's, it's, what, what was interesting there was we were talking about energy and the possibility of possibly go traveling back and through time through the chromosomes or the DNA. So if the, at that point in time, there's three bodies within the one and, it, and the DNA is coming from the grandmother to the mother to the daughter within that timeline, that start of determinism of that the grandmother was born in 1901 and the granddaughter could live to, 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 to the end of 2100, then there is actually a thread by which you could travel if the, and there's an awful lot of films I think are under that heading but you can see that the DNA in the chromosomes history has a thread to go along now that's an interesting well, what, what's also there is that um, we were talking about the idea of determinism but, but there's no certainty that any of those eggs will actually become viable and there's no certainty that the other generations but what it is is that the design of the ca the person is that they the possibilities are being laid down so that that could potentially happen in the future if the right combination of events actually occur. And in some cases, uh, I, I know that um, the certain family members would 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 not have they they may have actually got pregnant several times, but they would have actually lost. So there was uncertainty to whether even in the generation above me would have you know whether my mum would have actually had any more children than two that she had private so we we were we were it was uncertain whether we would be here but we've turned up well there's an interesting concept in the sense of we were talking about a couple of different films out there from altered carbon to uh um upload avatar and yeah like, there's a series of avatar and what what was the, the conversation there really was back to the are we energy as an individual? Are, is our soul comprised of energy and what we're doing is occupying the body? This body is just the avatar that has a certain time span of, uh, of use. It, it, it's born, it grows, it's, and it has, it's in the planet, it could last 100 years, plus, plus or minus 10, and could actually be corrupted or destroyed or broken anywhere along the journey by external events. But if you took care of it and other people could take, or the environment took care of it, it has a, a, it, it has a life and can go on a journey of, 
organic growth and then grow to the mind in terms of what I could possibly learn in terms of interaction and with the, the spirit, universe. Yeah, that kind of spiritual but, energy, yeah. The spirit. Now, now I'm wondering if, the, if there's only so much energy out there and the ener a certain bundle of energy is this definition of one of these spirits, then had your mother lost the first egg, then that was only the avatar. It was never occupied with the spirit. And now, there's an argument for and against that in terms of when is life spark and born. And, but, but let's say it went back to the pool, like you know, that, that egg didn't happen or it didn't materialize and the next one did then that was just possibly the body, the organic body, and the same spirit took from that line of, of inheritance or from lineage and occupied the next egg. And you would all of, always have been you under determination. It's just which organic sort of growth uh, body or... Well, that or, principle, or, or, yeah, that principle we're actually talking about, it, it, it almost indicates that if whether... Whether the uh, the soul or the spirit was inserted at inception or whether it comes at birth, because you've got that nine, ten months that people are considering, 40 weeks. Um, the thing is that even if it was, inser if, if it was inserted at the at spark, the spark. <laughs> even if it doesn't make it to the other end, it's still on that life cycle journey and can actually go back out exactly. again and then Does come back out that? again. Now, yeah. There's an interesting thing. Does it come out of that body? And go back to the well of souls, or does it stay within the body of that mother and her capacity of eggs that has that amount of energy that's going to lead to her generations of, of descendants? So it's just like, was I always going to be Irish and, or uh, always born to my mother? Or would it have been in this terms of the soul as opposed to the body and the, and the vehicle? Or would it that, you know, had it this, had, did this spark spark in India? and just didn't come to full fruition and went back to the Well of Souls and then popped back up in Ireland on the next, like, you know, body vehicle. We, yeah, again, that's all... The, all and we can't determine that. <laughs> it's so Well, that's so interesting. <laughs> I think we jumped back to a different conversation from the, the theory... The, what was interesting under the quantity theory, or, or, or so say, uh, quantum theory was... I, what I took from the book was all these theoretical physics, physicists and physicists from, and I don't even know half their names. I, heard, I remember the word Planck and Bohr and Bell and, and, and even Stephen Hawking throw them in for good measure. And, and Heisenberg and, and is another of, and, person, uh, yeah. But, but Heisenberg and Schrodinger. But all these you know, great men and Nobel laureates and prize winners went over a couple of hundred years, give or take, we're trying to explain the workings of the universe at, a, at a, an atomic yeah. level, at a, at a gravitational, at a momentum, at a speed. So e even like Einstein and his E equals MC squared and, and the well, if you, if you remember, in the sense of nothing can travel the speed yeah, of light. If you, if, I, mean, I remember it being at school or even sort of more popular science, there's the sense that the human brain is far superior than anything else there actually is there. But with the, the Heisenberg's idea of uncertainty, you can actually start to see that um, they began to question to whether or not the human mind could actually absorb so much information. And I think it is because it's finite. But if we have a period of, let's say, uh, 80 years in which we actually learn through our journey into this life and then we go back again, then that they, they talk about the collective consciousness and they also talk about the uncollective consciousness. And you just wonder, is that the same thing? Now, well, you said, well, not you said, me said, I said, he said, but 
from the books we were reading and from our last couple of podcasts, the, the collective conscious, or rather the, un, the uncollected consciousness, or the full consciousness, is a universal consciousness versus the universal awareness versus our bodily consciousness and our journey within that collective. The collective, if you use the language, is beyond the Borg, is going to be the universe. So if, if nothing is created, if energy is, can't be created or destroyed, it just you know, moves from one place to another, then do, if, if we classify our soul as energy, you know, and, and, and an awful lot of the theories out there say this energy or this aura leaves your body and goes back or goes somewhere else or, or leaves, the, leaves the mortal coil or leaves the, the physical body. And so then, then it's saying, well, where is it going? It hasn't, it's just left here, went, went from A to B. Yeah, and B is is in the in the collective universal consciousness of all energy and all things. So therefore, we're just moving from A to B. Now we were having a good conversation earlier on about uh, you know sort of beam me up and beam me down. This this this, this back to this non locality pr- principle of sp- moving spontaneously from A to B, going faster than the speed of light. And the only way we're going to reach the stars is you know is to is to break this theory of relativity so we can actually get there in our own lifetime actually instantaneously if it's all possible so we don't have to travel so well, that was what, what happens is that um, if you look at the great philosophers and various different people from the past and and theologians and all those kind of people we we get inspired by what we've seen from the past and one of the things that's quite interesting now i know you don't like us talking about religion but in a christian perspective Jesus suddenly appeared to the 12 disciples when the, all the doors were closed and at the end of his conversation, he was no longer there. A certain time... So he's on the Starship Enterprise. Well, he's there is actually... Down, there's a very you know, interesting story called The Mission. I forget the name of the author. And it basically indicated that every time Jesus wasn't there, he was actually in modern times talking to a, a police detective in New York. And that was an amazing story. But also, it's just that we have these concepts of... Uh, beings suddenly appearing and then disappearing and they can be in different places and and, and there, oh, you, there go. you go you've got, like you've, got the, you've got a, a template in in those stories those myths or 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 realities however you want to take them that there is something there that can pop in and out of time and be instantly somewhere else so there's the there's the thing to sort of be aspiring to. No, we, we were we were saying okay, we like the concept of you can't be in two places at the same time because you have to be the consciousness has to be instantaneously in one or the other. But as soon as you occupy that, ah, but that what space about as cat? You're not, you're not in the rest. Now you now yeah. you can start talking about uh, um, what's the name's catch? Is it Schrodinger's? Cat. Schroeder's cat. Now, again, the weird thing about Schroeder's cat, and I thought of what, I remembered summary pieces of it, but I forgot about the other elements that were there. And actually, Schroeder was trying to just make a fun or a mockery of, of another sort of theory. It was actually his own theory. It was his own cat. theory. He'd come up with that theory and actually thought it sounded so daft that he'd try and see if he could disprove it. No, Schroeder's cat would say, the cat is in the box, but the state of whether the cat is alive or dead is not yet measured other than through observation. And observation will affect the end state. But at the same time, there's a timer on the box that actually sort of drops the vial. And you know this vial or the poison or whatever radiation, whatever is in it, is there's no two ways about it. When this clock 
affects it and this thing drops and breaks and if that gas is released the cat will be killed and a couple of seconds after that the cat will definitely be dead now again never mind the uncertainty principle that there's nothing to say that the clock doesn't get stuck that the universe doesn't sort of, you know sort of freeze over and 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 the fact that the cat you know, dies before it and as I have a heart attack or air ran out or maybe it, it, there's a hole in the box we didn't know about that the, you know, it went so there was a certainty uh, it wasn't 100% certain but he tried to be 100% certain but then there is always uncertainty that could actually prevent that when is a cat actually dead without observation and you won't really know till you open the box but that was really a case of yay or nay zero or one the the, the the that state of measuring and observation actually could influence the result but you did have an element of certainty based on probability it, it, it's interesting because it, you've just reminded me of a tv show and a film the film was actually called millennium although there's been other ones called after that and it's basically um it was made in the 1980s where this aircraft has crashed and they found all these bodies and the investigators trying to work out how come there's some strange oddities in this, and he keeps meeting this woman, but he meets her in diff- what seems to be a different time for her. In other words, he sees her uh, older self first, then sees a younger self, and is trying to work out what the hell's going on. And it turns out that these people from the future are actually taking the people off the plane, putting dead people in, so that when the plane actually crashes, they're the ones that are found and all the other people are taken to the future because they're having problems with the future or something. Anyway. Now, I'm going to swing back around. A couple of sentences ago, you mentioned, like, you know, that I, I do know you're, 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 you have your certain religious convictions and you're, you're a bit more religious and faith, like in faith than I. No, maybe the beginning of all of our conversations. Now, at the same time, on my journey the last couple of months is I am arriving at trying to get rid of the ego and I didn't know what the language was and I don't even know what ego defi- like is defined by but when I read the books it's saying get rid of the ego and what you're left with is the true you the true spirit the inner self the, it's where this presence of mind is and it's not my material like like a material items of clothing or talk or speech or or monetary sort of trappings it's this visibility or awareness of my own voice or inner spirit you know, naked of all the pieces. So I'm getting mindful and I'm finding out that's me, that's in my mind or where it might actually be in my body or it's in my head and in my heart or in every limb, I'm not too sure. But at the same time as reading that other book, the Quantum, the quantum Theory book, all of these people arrived at the mats, the mats of the universe. Hidden, when they start going on a microscopic level and a macroscopic level is this mathematical precision of, of certainty. Now, there's still elements of uncertainty, but they were saying what it was seeming to be more evident while they were trying to be classical sort of physicists and disprove religion and all the rest of it, they're nearly going on a journey of proving it. Because, no, it's not, well, not religion. The religion might be the wrong language and God might be the wrong language. Is This could have been created. It was built, it was made, it was seeded, it was planted. Because the maths is... It's so mathematical down to the level of DNA that it's it's too bloody. I think perfect. what's interesting is that regardless of where your viewpoint actually comes from, and that includes me, is that if as long as you're not frightened to explore the possibilities and then do use critical thinking to to do analysis on what you think or believe and what others think and believe then you're open to a lot of different possibilities and can start some interesting dialogues so the great thing is we're on the journey of mathematics 
And mathematics is making is really just on the journey of certainty. And certainty, and the certainty might in, in like you know to, from from alpha to omega, and in, in, this language even of maths, the whole language of maths is our computer journey. It's our it's our journey of describing things and and but is it not through for, the for through the quantum uh, theory that you're actually exploring? Although they're still using mathematics, they're actually starting to discover that it's actually uncertain, and a lot of things there's there's uncertainty that's coming about because of it. Actually, that's the thing. The, the biggest job there was they couldn't measure, they couldn't see, they hadn't got the tools of the day, and they built in constants or new 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 uh, new, new letters of the alphabet to basically go. We know the unknown, we just don't know it. So we'll actually put it in as a letter. We don't know what the measure of it is, but we know it's there. And then, so we'll give it an element of certainty, but just not possibly measurability. But we'll make, we're aware of it and use it in the calculation. But when we actually have done the calculation the whole time now, without the 3.14 for pi and all the, had we just had a symbol and you're able to use the formula, you, the whole thing worked. It's just now. It's, it's like you said for Fibonacci numbers. It could take us a million years to arrive at the the last decimal because it's an infinite number. But you don't need to because you just need to build in the probability of the uncertainty. And now the maths is actually usable within this matrix tableau, which is actually one of the one of the one of the pages in there. He said the matrix tableau was it was actually a bunch of matrices of probabilities that were were actually they were using to sort of you know map the, the electrons and atoms. It's because they didn't know what the spin would be or where they'd be at a point in time, but they were, it was a three-dimensional space and a four-dimensional space. It could no longer be flat. But as long as you've built in the probabilities and built certainties into the probabilities, you can ignore them and be 99.99% right and accept it. So we're accepting the maths of the universe and the last bit of uncertainty, and there will always be one because everything is infinite, is that last piece of unknown that we can't actually classify or explain. And, I, and that might be God, or a God, or some element of the... God is the unknown in my language. It's the unknown part to bring the last certainty into the equation. And I think what's interesting is that regardless of your persuasion, your philosophy, your science, your beliefs, whatever, as long as your mind is open to all possibilities and uncertainties then anything can be achieved and happen. If you close anything down and suddenly say, that's it, it's, it's, it's considered, it's, it's defined, it's definite, that's its certainty, then you've just killed that flow of possibilities. Uh, and there you go, you're straight back into Julia Cameron's language of the universe is all possibilities, all probabilities, all, 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 all sort of creativity. It's, 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 it's the uncertain. It's all uncertainties, and all possibilities, and all potential, and and all creation. It's one. The universe is one word for all things that could manifest and the unmanifested, and and the weird thing and the flow, as you said, and the flow from the unmanifested to the manifested. We use the word flow. There's uncertainties out there. You can be damn sure it remains out there till we make it certain or we manifest it or we think about it or give it air time or bring it into our mind. And this, I think our language again of the mind was, this is where your your soul resides. This is where your creativities are, are born. And then they can be manifested into the real world 
to be consumed, you know, within a timeline so others can consume it and perceive it. But it'll go back to the flow, the eternal flow. And the only certain thing that we have is that at some point we have to come to a close for this particular episode. And I think we've just about reached it. So thanks again for watching and listening. We don't we don't anticipate that we've actually solved all the problems through our conversations, but we hope we've opened your mind up to all possibilities. Actually, now hold on a second. We are certain we've solved none Absolutely. of the problems, none of the above. <laughs> and the, the more uncertain thing is, is what the next conversation is about. But the probability is it's along the same lines. Thanks for watching. See you soon. Thanks a lot. Do what it says on the tin and follow and share.